Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm a pig with a strawberry. And I'm too old for this shit. Oh. <laughs> Welcome to episode 137, Star K 1994. It's a triple threat. Because there's three of us. Uh-huh. Woo! Yep. We're the uh, three Faces horse guys. <laughs> The three horse guys. <laughs> three horse guys. <laughs> I don't know. The three, the three feared faces. Oh there yeah, go. there you go. Three feared faces. I like that. So this is the twelfth annual Starcade produced by WCW. It was held on December twenty seventh, nineteen ninety four, at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee, with an attendance of eight thousand two hundred people. It's a uh... Kind of a low number for WCW these last few shows. I'm trying to remember what the size of the building is. I think it's a smaller building. It is because I think it's building. pretty yeah. filled up. But it's like it's like I feel like you could have got a little bit more out of Hogan. But it's also Hogan and Brutus. Um, correction, the Butcher. Butcher. Yeah. So, but like if it was Hogan and Sting, it's like oh well, you put that in a building that holds twice as much. Oh yeah, but no. Instead, you've got. Never mind. I'll, I'll save my snarkiness for a little while later. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot to get through. <laughs> so we're in Nashville, Tennessee. Boy, are we ever. What deliciousness did you bring us this week, Shane? Well, we're in Nashville. And as a, a lot of people may know, the uh, food tour that I've been on originally started with let's find a sandwich from each place we go to. And then we started going to a bunch of places... Or I shouldn't say a bunch of places. We started going to the same places a bunch of times. So it's made it a little difficult. However, we have never done the uh, official sandwich for Nashville uh, or Tennessee at all. The uh, official sandwich for Tennessee, the, a little hint of the Nashville name in it, is the Nashville Hot Chicken. Yeah, it's been a... I don't know if it's a worldwide thing or just in Oklahoma, but I feel like Nashville Hot chicken has become like a thing it was like wow. a hot thing it's a it's all it's, across it's the country started growing into a worldwide thing and then kfc decided to put it on their menu at one point and i think just kind of spread like wildfire yeah yeah but it seems like there's i've seen a lot of hot chicken places in the last like five years yeah well everybody's got to have the the best chicken or the better chicken or the next best thing. i guess yeah, had the pop the popeyes thing from a couple years ago where everyone was like popeyes but ch- chicken sandwich and then everybody started doing chicken sandwich. remember yeah. the, remember the um have you had the popeyes chicken sandwich i hate popeyes i was gonna say did it change your life absolutely no not. i had it before it became a thing and didn't realize it was a thing and then i tried <laughs> to go back and have it after everybody made it into a thing couldn't get it because apparently they sold out of all the chicken in the world and uh, it took them like four months to replay it yeah it was kind of like finish. it was kind of like the uh, yeah. the, the fry wars of the late 90s early 2000s yeah. where it was everybody did a commercial on fries but now it's you know hbc but we didn't chicken. yeah we didn't go to popeyes that's louisiana where did we go we went to nashville um 
Yeah. So as I do, or I did as I do, where I try and find a uh, a local flair fits the need. A local um, flair. A local flair. He's not here. Respect. I know. I was just. He's retired. I was just thinking about how much Matt likes to painfully remind us he's retired. He's gone for good, guys. <laughs> he's never coming back. Never, ever. Could we get the return of the Black Scorpion, please? I mean, that seems like a, a suitable villain for whole Hulky. Yeah. Anywho's, so here in Oklahoma City, we have a, a place called Nash Bird. Uh, it is located just off of the, uh, what the hell is that, a, Broadway? There's, there's several locations. Oh, is there? There's one in Norman as well. Oh, well, shit, I didn't know that. Yeah. I only knew about the one that's closest to me. Um, so, yeah, went to Nash Bird, and they specialize in their... Uh, Nashville hot chicken, you can get chicken and sandwiches and wraps and tacos and all this other stuff, but I decided to go with the the sandwich route. I got two of their varieties of their uh, hot dang sandwiches. We've got the hot chicken sandwich, which is a boneless chicken breast topped with uh, slaw, pickles, lemon mayo, and uh, served on a brioche bun. Uh, They also have a dressed up one called the Nash Villain, a boneless chicken breast. chicken sandwiches ever right made boneless chicken breast mac and cheese bacon onion rings ranch again on a brioche bun you get your choice of a side they've got some uh, nice little tasty southern inspired or possibly nashville inspired sides uh mac and cheese a cucumber onion and tomato salad thingy um, yeah, like a wet salad one of them wet salads yeah. so what else did i get i got fried pickles uh, that came with their own little pickle ranch. But yeah, it's a uh, super tasty, nice and juicy chicken breast, fried all nice and crispy. I've had mine sitting here for a minute, so it's a little cold. But I'm gonna do my obligatory bite on the. Uh, and one mic. of the actually best things about Nashburg. Go ahead, you can go ahead. Go for it. Only uh, I don't want food left, so. Yeah, we yeah we scarfed ours down. One of the best things about Nashburg is they give you the option of your heat level. Oh yes. Because of the three of us, I am definitely the wimpiest on the heat level. So they have what they call chirp, which there's some heat to it, mm-hmm. but there's not a whole lot. And, and it increasingly grows, they got what, kick-in? Yeah, you've got chirp, which is marked with one X. You've got kick-in, which is two X's. You've got hot dang, which is three X's. And then you got crazy hot, which is four exclamation points. Yeah, Matt's a chirp. I am definitely a chirp. I can, I can do hot. But, you know, we want to want to make sure that Matt could eat, and we've got, yeah. we got to talk. And, you know. You don't want um, to see if you're just drinking milk on there. I downed, you know, six bowls of I would be. Carolina Reaper laced ramen a couple weeks ago. I'm so. just talking about Carolina Reaper. <laughs> so, so, yeah, my, uh, my level can be crazy hot, but it's not always pleasant the later that day or the next. But this is uh, delicious. If you uh, make your way to Oklahoma City, try Nashburg. Um, it's not only located uh, just off of Automobile Alley. There are several locations around the metro area. Or if you're in Nashville, just go try one of their best. Because uh, I'm guessing if you can get the original thing, it's going to be just as good, possibly even better. They're definitely one of my favorite restaurants to recommend to people. Because just I've never had a bad meal ever. It's something about that I mean. building. That was always the place that I sent people back in the day before it became Nashburg. I loved working. I used to work at that building. Yep. And it was so good. It's a cool little building. It is. I've uh, won 
friends trivia night in the basement of that building. Hell yeah. Smoked them all. Just so, two yeah. of us took down like 21 teams. Damn. Would you, what was that they fit yeah. 21 teams? Was, uh, was Smelly Cat <laughs> an answer? I believe so. Hell yeah. But that almost seems like it's too easy of an answer. I know. That's just one of the few things <laughs> I can think one of. One of the questions was, name all seven of Joey's sisters. Oh, God. Yeah. It took a, a little bit, but we got there. No thanks. <laughs> yeah. I got a better chance naming some uh, title belts from wrestling. <laughs> uh, apparently, I do not. Well, something that happened right around the same time as Starcade 94, Bush's debut album, 16 Stone would hit stores a couple weeks earlier. Uh, had the songs such as Come Down, Glycerin, Glycerin, Motor, Machine Head. Machine Head. Uh, also, there's, also a, a machine there's also a head. band called Machine Head, so you know. Uh, but, yeah. There's also a band Glycerin. called Motorhead. Yes, there is. Rest in <laughs> peace, Lemmy. Loves Trick question. Lemmy is God. Machine Head is mine. And if you, listen, machine if you listen closely enough, the Making Their Way to the Ring... Uh, bumper music is Machine Head. Oh. Because mm. all of our bumper music comes from songs that I think that would make good wrestler music. Yeah. And Machine Head would have been my wrestler song if I had ever decided to do that. Yeah, mine would have been um, A New Level by Pantera if I was heel. I don't know what mine would be. I'm going to go different. My... My, uh, I don't know any Aaron Neville songs, but I'd like Aaron Neville to sing my <laughs> yeah. entrance music. My thought would always be if I would be a um, a face and the song would be Borderline, and then when I've had enough, <laughs> I would turn heel and come out to New Level by Pantera. New Level of Confidence and Power is You're the talking course. like Borderline, like Madonna Borderline? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, I didn't know if Pantera had a, a no, song no. called Borderline. That's that my face song, which is teasing, <laughs> teasing my heel turn. Have you ever seen uh, Grotto uh, come out? He's a wrestler. Oh, yes, yeah. He comes out to like a prayer. Yeah, like yeah. a prayer. Nice. It's it's really good. It's one of the, like, if you've never gone out there, like, literally go to YouTube, put Grado, G-R-A-D-O, yeah. and like a prayer, and watch the video. It's fun. It's so much fun. He has a lot of fun with it. The crowd all knows the song because it's a, arguably the best Madonna song. It's, it's up there. It's a yeah. top five of hers for sure. Yeah, it's up there. I don't know if I can. I mean, it. Borderline yes. and, like, Lucky Star are, like, my two favorites, but... Those are a little. Those are a little different. They're a little lighter. Uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not, not a Bush, say it. I'm not a Bush fan. Not. No, I will throw I mean, no shade in my <laughs> Like most, I'm not a huge Bush fan by any. I like this song and that song. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not a huge. Bush I think fan musically either. it's fine. I just don't care for Gavin Rosdale's voice or vocal delivery. And see, I like the sound of his voice. I'm not the biggest fan of Bush. I like a lot of their songs. There's some stuff that he did on his own, you know, years later that I like too. That ended up on you know, chick flick type movies because it just has this really did he go smooth flow to it. Did he go like full Resnick? Kinda, I guess you could yeah. say. Oh. Uh, I mean, when when you were married to Gwen Stefani and she's out there doing the I want ska into like Japanese cosplay. Yes, to. Who knows Whatever what she the does fuck now. she's doing now with her country living. But yeah, he... Living down the road a couple hours from us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks, person I'll not name on air who ruins everything. <laughs> you know your favorite country singer is Blake Shelton. Mm, he's tied for first with Toby Keith. 
Both Oklahoma boys. <laughs> I'm a M- Montgomery Gentry guy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I like the songs where they're like, get the hell out of here about all their, you know, about all their uh, hip- hippie neighbors. I think it's funny. Rest in peace, Mr. Gentry. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he Kobe'd. Yeah. Before Kobe. Ouch. All right, on a, put it that way before. <laughs> on a lighter note, <laughs> Wait, bring uh, down. we all kind of like Bush. Yes. Matt's a big fan of the song Machine Head. You can hear it here weekly. Yes. Bush the music, not necessarily the uh, political. Well, when I said Bush and Madonna, I was kind of thinking about those black and white photos. Mm. You Which, ever see the Madonna like nude book? Justify okay. My Love. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, let's go ahead and move off on to Starcade 94. Uh, I suppose. We get narration over video highlights of competitors from the night before the logo comes on the screen. It's, it's a good old Starcade logo. A couple of different colored diamonds says Starcade. Gives us a my little history of started in 1983. We screwed it up a few times. More than a few? Just a few. <laughs> Tony Schiavone then welcomes us to the show, and he's joined by Bobby the Brain Heenan and Mean Gene Okerlund. Mean Gene calls Bobby the Edward Wood. Edward Wood. Of wrestling. Yeah. And I was like, I guess Ed Wood may have come out around yeah. this time. I mean, that's my favorite Tim Burton movie. But like, so I was like, oh, of course I caught that. But him saying Edward Wood, it's like nobody says Edward. No. But yeah, very funny stuff. We see Santa Claus walking through the crowd behind them. Oh, but it's I not Survivor Series. A Santa Claus. Ugh. And then we get Aaron Tippin singing the national anthem. And wait a see? minute, that's somebody that's actually known. I actually know who this is. It's not random country singer. No. It's somewhat well-known it's country singer. RCA recording artist Aaron Tippin. <laughs> Have we seen him before? On he, he just looked familiar. I don't know. I mean, you may have seen like a music video because he Maybe. actually had a career. I'm not familiar with Aaron. I'm not familiar with most of the. Well, 90s he had three stuff. number one singles. He did. Let's hear him. There ain't nothing wrong with the radio. Yep, that's not true. That's as close as I'll get to loving you. Probably and true. Kiss this. Why I don't mean, you kiss? Thanks for asking. Kiss this. <laughs> yep, I remember my niece singing that song constantly in 2000, whatever. He was saying to kiss his ass, right? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, kiss this, and I don't mean on my rosy red lips. Mm. Me and you, we're through, and there's only one thing left for you to do. Kiss. Come on over here one last time, pucker up and close your eyes. Oh my gosh. And kiss this. You, Goodbye. God, you got, the, got it all. So good. Yeah, see? I oh. my shit. I take it back. Sorry, Montgomery Gentry. <laughs> Aaron Tippin. Aaron Tippin. I haven't even heard the song. Shane's rendition was so good. <laughs> we go back to Shivani, the Brain, and Oakland to preview the show before they throw it to a video package. Where we see Macho Man Randy Savage Ooh, being yeah. interviewed by Mean Gene on WCW Saturday Night. Oh, weird. I mean, I know he's, he's there, but it's just weird. It feels wrong. He's informed that Hogan is the champion, but he might have a problem with that as he's the number one wrestler in the world. We have some business to take care of, so let's get him out here right now. But Okerlund then informs Macho that Hulk is not there. So Randy suggests that they meet at Starcade, and one of two things is going to happen. We're going to either shake hands, or I might slap him in the face. I hope it's the second one. 
We go back to the boys at Mean Gene Shills for the hotline before Tony talks Pro Wrestling Illustrated's awards issue. Ooh, mm. this can't this company can't be owned by WCW. It's not. I know it's owned by Bill After. Who's Bill After? He's the magazine guy. Okay. Shivani then sends us to a video package of a PWI press conference with Bill After giving the award for Wrestler of the Year to Hulk Hogan. Ooh, the guy that had a match and a half. Yeah, who had his first match of, well, I guess maybe not the first match of the year, but in like June or July, and it's only December. We saw him on the January 4th show in Japan, Oh, that's right. Sorry, he had one match before. Yeah. Or maybe two, because I'm sure he had one that we didn't watch he on did. one of those he nights. Did. He did the clothesline instead of the leg drop. Oh, that's right. That's right. I liked him in Japan. He that's should, bummer. He that's should cool. go back there. I mean, as long as he gets out of WCW. <laughs> Hulk starts talking about his year, filming Thunder in Paradise, Gag. and fans wanting him to come back. Blech. But then we go to our first match. Vader with Harley Race. Versus Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Boo. For I mean, the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. Oh, oh fuck. <laughs> Bad hey. Vader from the top of the card. All the way to the first match with Hacksaw. Ooh. Hey, I mean, he's, hey, he's going to get that crowd Johnny excited. Bad. That's not in the opening matchup. Whatever, I like Johnny B. Bad. I don't care if he loses to Hacksaw. But hey, you guys uh, remember when Vader beat Sting in Guardian Angel to become the number one contender? I sure do. Yeah, yeah. he still hasn't gotten his match with Hogan. Mm. But if he wins the U.S. belt, he will solidify his claim to the number one contendership. Yeah, because a, a grudge match with your friend turning on you is a way to get contendership. That'll sell tickets. Uh-huh. 8,000 and something tickets, apparently. Yeah, 8,200. <laughs> so Vader meets Hacksaw on the aisle to start brawling. Duggan tosses Vader headfirst into the guardrail. I like how they refer to Hacksaw as the chairman of the board. Because mm. two by four. Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, dad yeah. jokes. He was the, you know who the second chairman of the board was? Carrot Top. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the only movie star, Carrot Top. Hacksaw makes his way into the ring and sends Race to the corner for a flare flip out to the floor. Hey, Flair's retired. That's why Harley can do it now. Duggan comes back out to the floor where he brawls with Vader some more, sending the big man into the guardrail again. They finally meet in the ring as Hacksaw attacks with a double axe handle, mounted punches, and multiple clotheslines that send Vader back out to the floor. Can I ask who the heel is? Vader. Sure. The guy that jump-started the match and attacked a manager. Hey, he's, he's coming after that number one contendership so he can go after Hogan, so obviously he's a heel. Yeah, yeah. Well, anybody that goes after Hogan has to be a heel. He's not Hogan's friend. Dugan, no. Dugan, you're a heel in my heart. Mm. In my and heart. in this match, obviously. Back into the ring, the two men start running the ropes with Duggan hitting a crossbody for a two count, following up with a body slam and some clotheslines. Hacksaw tries for an elbow drop from the second rope, only for Vader to move and take over with a clothesline to send Duggan to the floor. Oh, what a clothesline. About time. Oh, what a second rope attempt it was. I I was so mad about Vader working from underneath. Jesus Christ, it's so stupid. Back into the ring, Vader starts with stiff shots to the ribs, a body slam, and a Vader bomb for a two count, as Hacksaw gets his boot on the rope. Vader climbs the ropes for another Vader bomb, but Duggan is back to his feet to knock him down, 
But Vader hits an avalanche to knock Hacksaw to the ropes, where Harley starts choking him. Take his last breath, Harley. Slugfest breaks out, but Vader claps the ears and climbs the ropes for a Vader salt, only for Duggan to move. Vader's back to his feet first, splashing Duggan in the corner, only for Hacksaw to then charge out with a clothesline. Duggan starts laying it in with right hands, a double axe handle, hits the three-point stance, and makes the cover for the pin... And no, race rakes Hacksaw's eyes to break it up. Pull him out, put him on skewers, cook him. Vader comes off the second rope, only for Duggan to catch him with a power slam, and makes the cover. But the ref is distracted by Harley on the apron. Good job, Harley. Hacksaw is arguing with the ref See? when Vader Heel. tries Heel. to attack from behind, only for Duggan to duck and lay it in with right hands. Hacksaw goes for the three-point stance once more, only for Vader to sidestep him and shove him towards the ropes where Race is holding the two-by-four. Yes! Vader then hits a wheelbarrow facebuster for the pin and And the the win. win. And no! Oh, how about that, Hacksaw? (laughs) Go home. (laughs) I like that better. (laughs) I know you guys are going to hate this take, but but like I think this is Duggan's best match he's had in quite some time, if not the best one we've ever seen with him. I agree. I just didn't. I like. I'm glad. I'm very glad with the way it went. I'm glad who? I'm glad that Vader won. I was just when it started. I was just like, oh no, oh no. And it's not that it was bad. It's just that the psychology made me upset. That's all. And all. And all, like we're now we got big guys on our first match. WCW is changing, guys. I need my I need my little guys to have a to have a match first. Yeah, uh, I mean, he broke out the crossbody, guys. Like he did. Hacksaw put his working shoes on. I agree. Show, I man. do agree. He did an elbow drop off the second turnbuckle. Yeah, I know that's a lot. Backwards. I I agree completely, and I'm so glad that Vader won. Vader lost. Whew. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't I, like that Vader worked from underneath. I watch uh, a lot of Hacksaw matches the same way, kind of like. Tasmanian Devil, where I'm aware that he's there and kind of going around doing his little as he's whirling around. But I don't actually pay attention to what he's doing. And that's kind of how it is with Hacksaw. I'll watch who he's fighting with, but I don't really pay attention to him because he's just... Hacksaw here was kind of like Hogan in Japan. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's he's being cooperative. We go to the back and Mean Gene is there with the three faces of fear. Avalanche. Kevin Sullivan, and The Butcher. So, we mentioned it earlier, but The Butcher is Brutus Beefcake, thus beginning the ever-rotating bad name cycle for him in WCW. And Butcher has Hogan's Christmas present with him. It's a tombstone that reads, Hulkamania, rest in agony. Agony, not peace. R-I-A. Rhea. Rhea of the mouth, old butcher. <laughs> Avalanche starts screaming about Sting's medical insurance, and I was kind of like, well, I, that's pretty thoughtful of him, actually. I mean, he, he wants to make sure his insurance is up to date. Uh, does he have a Lloyd's of London or whatever? Probably. <laughs> and Sullivan teases an alliance with Savage as well. I mean, you got it. Man, that's the only thing missing from your your faces of fear. You've got an avalanche. You got a butcher. You need I mean, a savage. What a what a horrendous combo of people throwing macho in there. 
Yep. We'll see if that turns out. They just kick Sullivan out, and then then it might actually be a decent, <laughs> decent. It, yeah. go, it goes from bad to decent. You got you got a bad a bad guy, a dumb guy, and um, a dumb bad guy, and then and then and then yeah, <laughs> and then a, a man that's too good to fail. In Macho Man Randy Savage. So we go to our second match: Jean Paul Levesque versus Das Wunderkind, Alex Wright. Das Wunderkind. So Levesque is better known as Triple H. Hunter oh, Triple H. And as a the game. wrestling observer newsletter Super and WWE assassin. Hall of Famer. Trips. Sleuth. Daddy Hunter. Cerebral assassin. <laughs> I know this. I guess that's most of them. Yeah. The game. Daddy Hunter. That's what, quit telling us what your dream is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he looks pretty good here, I must say. Heenan... Doesn't know how to say Wunderkind, Wunderkind. As, as he says Wunderkun at one point. Thankfully, Alex Wright's still white, so it wasn't as bad as it could have been. <laughs> it was not a slur. Yeah. And then we're shown Steen talking to Mike Tanay in the back on the hotline. Ooh. I wonder if he's talking to, uh... oh, okay. he's talking to Mike Tanay on the <laughs> hotline. Yeah. Maybe he's talking to Diesel. I was like, maybe he's talking to his insurance agent, for all I know. <laughs> Bobby Heenan has this really mean thing to say about the women of Nashville that uh, kissing their hand is like kissing a foot <laughs> which is really weird thing to say but I found it so funny their hooves yeah so the match gets going with a cautious start from both of them until Wright flips out of a wrist lock taking Jean-Paul down with a drop kick and a head scissors and that's when I immediately was like who's this guy that was crispy and look at him. Mm-hmm. So handsome. So fit. So young. He's got moves. The ref is trying to get Levesque out of the corner. Only for Alex, he leapfrogs the ref to get at Jean-Paul. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's got ups. He's spry. And they're they're new. Like, it's nice to have two guys that can work that are on a, their first pay-per-view. Yeah. And they're, like, obviously putting in their best effort. Oh, yeah. It, it kind of takes you back to those little... Dustin and Austin. Yeah, exactly. Like beginning the, moments. The energy is there. You're like, oh, these guys are doing the thing. Like, and it seems like they're. I mean, they're working together. It doesn't seem like they're both on an even playing field at this point. Alex follows that up with multiple drop kicks and a hip toss to start working the arm. Another drop kick and arm drag before going to the arm as Tony and Heenan talk about Levesque possibly teaming with Regal. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a pretty good team. It does. Got the the bigger guy and the more uh, ring smart guy. The two start trading submission holds, working the back of each other, and Jean Paul escapes momentarily, only to end up in a head scissors, which Levesque handstands his way out before popping right in the mouth. Nasty. Uh, he's the heel. We know that. Jean Paul starts piling it on with stomps, hits a spinning heel kick. And sends right to the ropes, who comes back with a crossbody that Levesque ducks, sending Alex out to the floor. Jean-Paul with a baseball slide to knock right back, then stomps on him from the apron. Alex returns to the ring with a sunset flip, only for Levesque to stay up and punch down, hitting a power slam for a two count. Jean-Paul then starts wearing down right, which he escapes only to run right into a drop kick, and Levesque goes right back to a chin lock. Alex escapes again, this time running into a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker from Jean-Paul. 
following up with a body slam and heading up top for an elbow drop, only for Wright to move. Alex starts making a comeback with right hands, European uppercuts, a spinning back elbow, and a hip toss for a two count. Wright then continues with a back body drop and tosses Levesque to the ropes, where they bump heads on the way back for a double KO. Jean-Paul then whips Alex to the corner, only for him to leap up and over a charging Levesque, rolling him up for the pin and, and the, the win. win. This is the only time we will see Jean-Paul in a WCW ring. It's pretty wild how good of a match he just had, too. Yeah. Uh, there's so many good spots. These guys are so athletic. Alex Wright looks like... Jean-Paul Levesque looks like a star, but Alex Wright looks like the perfect fucking baby face. Like, he's fit, he's tall, he's handsome. He could p- gain some weight, but he's obviously, like, fucking 20. He's so young. He's 18. That's crazy. Alex Wright. I think that's what they said in there anyways. Yeah. yeah. He's, it's, sure it's, exactly yeah it's wild. Also, I love... There's a spot where he... Uh, Bridges the sunset, and I was like, ah, oh, so nice. Yeah. I fucking love this. This was exciting. This whole thing was exciting. Well, it's a bummer that we aren't going to get to see the uh, Jean Paul and Regal. I mean, Austin's gone. Cause... It would have been nice were, to see. They were kind of fun together. Yeah. From we won't see him in WCW. Well, yeah. But I would like to see. Yeah, I see him later on. Yeah, these guys. I want to say they made the team the Blue Bloods or something like yeah. that. And it would have been so great if these guys kind of. We're in that rotating, like, Austin, Dustin, Regal thing. Like, if that just went on for a little bit longer, and these guys, and, like, Pillman and even Zink, like, if they were somehow made their way into that wonderful era of WCW that we just lost, it would have been cool to see them somewhere pushed in there, because I thought this was really cool. Shivani then talks up the next Clash of the Champions. And it's going to be in Vegas. Woo! They're going to Caesar's Palace. They're on that WrestleMania 9 shit. Is it 9, right? Yes. Okay. I'm glad I got it right. We're not going to cover that Clash of the Champions, oh. but... It's either Caesar's Palace. I mean, you know, I guess nothing of note happens. It is what it is. When they go to Caesar's Palace, I just got a little intrigued. We're then headed to our third match. The Enforcer, Arn Anderson, with Colonel Robert Parker and Ming. Versus Johnny B. Bad. There he is, moving up the card. For the WCW World Television Championship. Hey, hey, hey. So the music for Honky Tonk Man starts, but then Arn is announced. I mean, what a glow up. Arn Anderson over the Honky Tonk Man. Which I is, forgot Honky was even over here already. <laughs> like, even Tony and Brain are not real sure what's going on. Saying maybe he's just scared because he hit bad with a guitar shot on one of the last WCW Saturday nights. So he didn't show up because he's scared. That's right. He hasn't broken his face yet, has he? That already happened, right? Who? Or is that Brutus? I get him confused, guys. It's not a bit. Brutus broke his face before WCW. Okay. Yeah. Not Honky Tonk Man. Who's not the same person? Who's not the same person? Not the same. It's just that I care about them so equally. Ed Leslie, Brutus. <laughs> do you remember Honky's name? I do know. I do know his name. You got it right in a trivia question. I know. That's why I'm mad at myself. 
I don't remember it. It's Roy like, Ferris. Yeah, Roy. Roy. Ferris. I know it's Roy, but all I can think of was Roy D. Mercer, and that ain't right. <laughs> it's not right now. Actually, what happened was that Honky Tonk Man was fired over a contract dispute. Basically, he didn't want to put over Johnny. He didn't want to get pinned. Oh, the day dude, of the show. Come on, you loser. Well, I mean, the last time they matched, they had a time limit draw. Like, that's the yeah. same. Because Honky Tonk Man didn't want to get pinned. But does he know? I guess Never it's one of those things, too. Before. It's like, not everybody can see themselves from the outside, but, like... Honky Tonk Man. Yeah. Never before in the history of this podcast had we seen a Honky Tonk Man match that lasted over like five minutes. And then his first match in WCW is a 20 minute. It was only 10 minutes. Oh, was it, it only 10? It, it was a 10 like, minute time limit draw. It felt but either way, minutes. it was like twice but Johnny as long B. Bad, as normal match. Like, no matter how you feel about him, you can't say that he hasn't put in the time and no. the work and that he's over. All those things are true. Yeah. And you time limit drawed and hit him in the head with a. With a thing, and you're like, we're a wrestler in the fucking 80s, and it's 94. Come on, dog. But whatever. We got Arn Anderson here, and uh, that's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, in his eyes, you got old Butcher in the main event. So, you know, he should be able to go over John and be bad, because they're about equal. Well, I mean, that's just a costume change, because of the same person. True. We see Santa in the crowd again, guys. Hey, Santa. I want to say Merry Christmas. (laughs) Match gets going in. It's back and forth to start. And the two begin to trade arm locks. And Anderson complains about hair pulling. Always funny. Double A slaps bad, which fires him up, hitting multiple hip tosses and a drop kick to send the enforcer to the floor to regroup. Uh, Bobby says that they should have bombed uh, Nashville instead of Hiroshima. Yeah, it's a bit harsh. <laughs> a little rough if Tony does not have anything to say back to it. Johnny starts laying it in with punches, only to run into a spine buster. A nice early one. Yeah, it is. And Arn rakes the eyes across the ropes and starts to choke away on bad before applying a leverage-aided ab stretch. Johnny is sent to the ropes only to come back with a sunset flip, but Anderson stays up and punches down for a two-count. This guy's, you know, he's got low center of gravity. Double A with the knuckle lock for more pin attempts and goes for the pump splash. But bad messes up the spot, so Arn just elbow drops him. Anderson then locks on a sleeper, which Johnny escapes to, then put on his own sleeper. But Double A hits a jawbreaker to free himself. Bad's running the ropes and hits a tilt-a-whirl head scissors. Right hands, a back elbow, and a back body drop to start the comeback. Johnny continues with a knee lift and goes up top for a flying sunset flip for a near fall before trying for a monkey flip in the corner, only for the enforcer to hold onto the ropes, causing Bad to fall down to the mat. Arn takes advantage and makes a leverage-aided cover, but the ref sees it and stops the count. But Anderson starts celebrating like he has won allowing Johnny to cradle him up for the pin and, and the win. win. I was thinking maybe Arn was just like, I mean, you know, me and Randy, we go back. Randy Anderson, we go back. We go back. Years. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe he just assumed that Longer than he, got, Holy, probably. he got the pin. I think that's probably true. They were, they were, <laughs> I think they were like high school friends. Yeah, uh, Pee Wee was not in the wrestling business, and he would ride, he would basically drive Arn around when he first got into the wrestling Nice. 
Just as a bud. Just like, a bud. oh, you know, like, you know. Pee Wee didn't have anything else to do, so he's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Dear friends of mine, yeah. if you become a professional wrestler, I will drive you to your events if you can get me on camera and make me a referee. I, not, I'll even sing the national anthem. Nowadays. <laughs> Probably. I'll even sing the national anthem. Two for one. That's right. But will you sing it like Aaron Neville? No one sings like Aaron Neville. I can practice. I mean, honestly, if you, uh, if you... If you like stuck your tongue halfway with your mouth out your mouth and held your nose, you might get an Aaron Neville. <laughs> we go to Tony and Heenan and they start talking about the PWI awards again. And the Nasty Boys were voted tag team of the year, which the brain says is like Cindy Crawford Beauty Award going to Roseanne Barr. It's like giving a strawberry to a pig. <laughs> That's where I pulled that from. They send it to a video package where Bill After presents the award to the Nasties. And then we go back to Shivani who plugs Buddy Killian's Stockyard Restaurant. Ooh, I guess they got free steaks last night. And it no longer exists. Oh. So, if you go to Nashville, don't, don't look for it. Yeah. I wonder if Buddy Killian's Stockyard Restaurant is similar or an equivalent to cattlemen's here in Oklahoma City. Probably. It's the it's, it's the yeah. It's the Ribera of no I'm kidding. Say <laughs> it's the Ribera of uh, Nashville. But Ribera's n- not a stockyard thing. It's just a Japanese thing where they make a thin steak, very rare or whatever. We then head to our fourth match, Harlem Heat of Stevie Ray and Booker T with Sister Sherry. Hell yeah. Versus the Nasty Boys of Brian Nobbs and Jerry Sags. So, Harlem Heat didn't wear them to the ring, but they had won the tag titles for the first time from Stars and Stripes a few weeks prior. Why don't they have the belts? But the match hadn't been shown on TV yet, and wouldn't be until the middle of January. That's what happens when you're uh, shooting, what, are they shooting Universal or whatever? Probably. Yeah, they're down in Florida. So have they, is this the first time that they have officially been Booker T and Stevie Ray? This is the Ray? first time we have seen them as yeah. officially Stevie Ray and Booker T. I know, it's always no hard to tell. No more Kane and Cole. Yeah. No more Kane and Cole. Do you remember which one was which? Kane was <laughs> Stevie Ray. I think so, but neither of us know the answer. Yeah, I don't remember either. He was just asking to ask. So the two teams stare each other down before beginning to brawl inside the ring. Sags nasty, with, nasty. That's how the crowd feels. Sags with a big boot and a pump handle slam on Booker t- makes the cover, but the ref is distracted by Nobbs and Stevie on the outside, so it only gets a two count. Harlem Heat regroups on the outside with Booker T yelling at the rednecks in the crowd. Stupid redneck! He says that a lot, it's very good. Before everything settles down to get us started in the ring. Booker delivers several knees to the gut, a leaping forearm, and an elbow drop for a two count but is caught with a front power slam by Jerry. The Nasties team up with a double clothesline on Booker T, a double shoulder block on Stevie, and sags with a clothesline into the corner on Booker, while Brian with a whip-aided splat on Stevie Ray, forcing Harlem Heat to regroup again on the outside. They gotta go talk to Sister Sherry. But this time the Nasties follow out. Oh no. Harlem Heat has their heads run into the steps and ring posts, thrown into guardrails. Sags then whips Booker T into a clothesline from Nobbs. They head back into the ring, and Sherry gets up on the apron. So Jerry goes after her, while Brian goes after Booker, 
only for Stevie to attack Knobs from behind, hitting a clothesline to send him out to the floor. Booker T with a clothesline on the floor. Brian is rolled back in to be hit with a Stevie Ray back elbow and goes for a leg drop, only for Knobs to move and the two start brawling. Stevie Ray is kind of like moderately charismatic Dan Spivey. It's like, well, he looks good. He like has some energy, but he's pretty limited and a little clunky. But at least he looks good, and Dan Spivey doesn't really look good. I love how it always goes back to Dan Spivey. <laughs> it always comes back to Dan Spivey. It's one of the one of the towers, brother. I mean, but Booker T is so good. He could fucking, you know, Man. he could yeah, he could he's carry a dump truck. Five time, five time, five time, five time, five time. And a two-time, two-time. Ten-time, ten-time. Yes. Well, he's a star in my heart. Mm -hmm. Knobs delivers clotheslines to both members of Harlem Heat. A bulldog to Stevie for a two-count. Brian then with a single-arm DDT to start working the arm of Stevie Ray. But he escapes to tag out. So the Nasties just do the same to Booker. Whereas I feel like they probably hit the move before Stevie Ray left, and they were like, oh, wait, we're supposed to be doing this to Booker T. <laughs> Stevie Ray breaks up an arm bar, so Sags knocks him off the apron to the floor, followed by Booker T drop-kicking Jerry out of the ring as well. Everyone's brawling again, with Stevie hitting a bicycle kick in the eyeway and dropping Sags shin-first across the guardrail. Ouch. Back into the ring, Booker takes control with a leg lariat. Stevie Ray with a nerve hold. But Jerry starts to fire up, only for Booker T to hit a scissors kick for a two count before going to a chin lock, which Sags escapes with a jawbreaker. But Stevie cuts off the tag with a leg drop. Harlem Heat starts working a bear hug on Jerry, but then Booker charges into a big boot and a clothesline from Sags, crawling to the corner, only for Stevie Ray to knock Brian off the apron to stop the tag. Harlem Heat goes for a double team back body drop. But Sags drops them with a double DDT before making the hot tag. Knobs in with right hands, back elbows, clotheslines, turnbuckle smashes on Harlem Heat when a Pier 6 breaks out. Ooh, we got a Pier 6. Sags and Booker T on the outside while Brian is dealing with Stevie in the ring. Sherry climbs onto the apron, taking out a hairspray can, but Knobs ducks blinding Stevie Ray. Oh my gosh. Booker has climbed to the top rope, only for Brian to press slam him off, followed by Jerry coming off the top rope with an elbow drop. Sherry then climbs to the top rope, coming off with a splash, but Sags is moved, so she lands on Booker T, and the ref calls for the bell. Post-match, the Nasties are holding Sherry and give her a pit stain. Fuck oh my that. god. And the official announcement is the Nasty Boys by disqualification. But she didn't hit a Nasty Boy. She hit Harlem Heat. That's what so I they thought, sh- too. They should have won by DQ. Well, she was, like, if a manager's in the ring, they should call DQ. Unfortunately, that's not how it is now, but that's how it should be. On aprons, one thing. In the ring, like, if the ref sees it, that should be a DQ automatically. So I applaud them for doing that. Just make the cover after she come lands. Yeah, we don't need the disqualification. Exactly. Don't be a pussy, nasty boys. 
They don't want to. I don't want to. I, don't I know lose. Logan's your your lifeblood, but you don't have to do everything he does. Well, it's called they were the champions already, so they <laughs> want to pin their champions. Um, yeah, true. Makes sense. I missed a, such a a good line too. What's that? When you said Sherry with the spray, I, I, I popped in right after I missed my cue. Should have said the arrogance. <laughs> Tony starts shilling. <laughs> Major throwback. I know. I, I, I miss Rick Martel. Tony starts shilling for the hotline, and we see Hogan and Jimmy Hart talking to Chris Cruz now. Before they send him a video package with Sting receiving a PWI award for most popular wrestler of the year. Yeah. I know. Bobby's like, where's, where's my award? And Tony says, you ain't getting one, man. It's really funny to hear Tony Schiavone say, Tony Schiavone say man, especially here in 94. <laughs> it's like, comma, man. We then go to the locker room, and Mean Gene's there with Sting, with Oakland saying he got into a little, a little bit, bit of the bubbly, bubbly last night. That made me laugh. <laughs> I had to rewind it. I was like, did he just say what I think he said? Totally. Yeah. Sting is tired of talking about what he's going to do. He's just ready to walk out of here a giant killer. Sounds good. So we go to our fifth match. Kevin Sullivan versus Mr. T. Er, I mean, stop trying to recreate WWF matches and WCW. So the story behind this match is <laughs> Mr. T would have liked to get paid here in 1994. No, I'm kidding. Go ahead. I mean, yes, <laughs> would have and did. At Clash 29, the three faces of fear would face Hogan, Sting, and Dave Sullivan, with Mr. T as a special guest referee. As the match was going on. Kevin would steal Jimmy Hart's megaphone. But actually, if you watch it, like, Jimmy literally just hands it to him. It's pretty hilarious, actually. Yeah, it's like, you should have just held it out to your side. I would have snatched it. Yeah. No, don't take it, baby! Yeah, as then, he, like, drops it, <laughs> he holds the bag open and he drops it in. Don't take my megaphone. <laughs> but as he's getting into the ring, Mr. T steals the megaphone away from him, whacking Kevin in the face, oh, no. allowing for Hogan to make the pin. But after the match, Sullivan would hit Mr. T over the head with the megaphone as well. I mean, you know. You know, bring in the whole fucking A-team and take your ass down, buddy. Yeah. Q, um, I pity the fool. <laughs> so Mr. T comes out and he's dressed in referee gear and has a nightcap on. Yeah, it's like, it's not a do-rag, it's like a nightcap, yeah. of, uh, but it's... Re- referee like, stripes, but like long ways. Yeah, it's like very a, bizarre. From those Christmas tales of her and her kerchief, and I and my cap. Yeah, it's yeah. like a yeah, it's like the, the don't wake daddy. <laughs> Remember that board game? No. Okay. <laughs> but I didn't have a dad. So. <laughs> <laughs> so the match gets the going. gift that keeps on giving. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck you wherever you are. <laughs> Thanks for the jokes. <laughs> So the match gets going with T hitting a hip toss and a fireman's carry takedown as we see Santa start coming down the aisle to pass out t-shirts to the kids. Mr. T continues with punches before Kevin dumps T out to the floor, following out to deliver some punishment. Kevin spilled the tea. Uh, (laughs) He did. He he spilled the tea. And then uh, the world was enlightened with his taint. Yes, as he sends <laughs> as he sends him into a cameraman, knocking him over, and they stay on the shot of him 
even as Mr. T is laying on him. It's weird too because they like they're like still wrestling over the cameraman. It's like Kevin Sullivan, just get away from the cameraman. Mr. T will follow you. This is live, folks. Uh, yeah, but there's a a taint shot, like the back of his purple balls. And from there, the rest of the show was tainted. <laughs> Kevin goes to punch Mr. T, but all of a sudden you see a fan like grab his arm as he's like rearing back to throw the punch. <gasps> And then Tony's like, well, there's a shot you don't see every day. And Bobby insists, it depends on who you are. <laughs> oh, Bobby's always got something to say. Woman, oh, woman. <laughs> so there's the head back into the oh, ring. Oh, woman. <laughs> so as the head back into the ring, Jimmy Hart all of a sudden comes running down and places his megaphone into Santa's bag while a fan rips off Santa's hat before they head towards the ring. And that's no Santa, guys. That's Dave Sullivan. No, uh He's a Hulkamaniac. He wants to be. So Kevin is still <laughs> delivering punishment to Mr. T in the ring when he goes to run the ropes, only for Santa Dave to hit him in the back with his bag, knocking Kevin out. Mr. T then crawls on top for the pin and, and the, the win. win. And still, Mr. T. Mr. T. Post-match, Santa Dave is like celebrating with fans, giving them high fives. Yeah. Which allows Kevin to come and attack from behind, running him into guardrails before dragging him into the ring, where he hits a pile driver and starts whipping with his Santa belt. Yeah, pulls his pants down. Kevin seriously made the naughty list this year. We get a Hogan chant. Everybody thinks people are gonna that Hogan's gonna run down here to save. Dave Sullivan. No. They're they yeah they're, they're these people play the music. These that people, says my name. These people are deluded. No, we get Nashville. What do you expect? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we get an ad for Super Brawl Five. Woo! <laughs> sure. Yeah. I mean, Super Brawls have been decent, right? Have I don't know. Right? I'm you not sure. Okay. I'm trying to think, what's the gimmick for Super Brawl? It's just a wrestling it's, show called Super Brawl. I believe so. Yes. Okay. There is no Battle Bowl or Super yeah. Brawl or because we had like like War Games and then that's a Fall Brawl and then Fall yeah then Fall Brawl so yeah. I get confused too many brawls at the War Games at Fall Brawl or yes. something like that yeah we then go to the locker room Mean Jeans there with Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart and Hogan he was hoping the Butcher would remember his their friendship and decide not to go through with the match. Put the cart in front of the horse, brother. Yeah. But he's going to take care of business tonight. Hey, he bought you a fucking headstone, so, you know. Yeah. Say thank you. R.I.A. Friendship right there. And as far as Macho Man is concerned, if he makes a mistake, he'll end up just like the butcher. <laughs> so in a main event? Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Nice pace. I love that Hogan says that he's tired of laying on his rear end. You son of a bitch. That's so not true. <laughs> you fucking asshole. Jimmy Hartman says he will never turn on his friend, Hulk Hogan. Never has. For never sure. will. Okay, fine. And Hogan says there's <laughs> a away. new Hulk. I'm sorry. Guy. We all know Jimmy Hart's a, a shill that just wants the paycheck. Hulk Hogan then says there's a new Hulk in town. If I have to break the rule book, I'll do it. And I was like, and you've been doing it ever since you showed up, yeah. sir. Mm-hmm. If Bill Watts was here, he would pull out a gun and shoot you. Yep. Why isn't Bill Watts here? No because one we're thankful. I kind of miss Because him. we deserve it. 
I don't know. Because if he was here, then his son would still be here, too. <laughs> All plenty of valid reasons. <laughs> we then go to our sixth match. Avalanche with Kevin Sullivan versus Sting. And the two men just stare at each other for a long time. Sting's rallying the crowd. the crowd into a frenzy. Until Avalanche to start shoving Sting. Only for the Stinger to shove right back. Mm-hmm. Multiple shoulder blocks by Avalanche in the corner. Rakes his eyes across the ropes and charges into a corner. Only for Sting to move and begin to kick the legs of the big man. Damn right. Are you one of those people from up north coming down here taking my spotlight? You gonna bury me? Fuck you. Test of strength gets the Stinger down to the mat, but he fights back. Only for Avalanche to stomp his foot and deliver several headbutts. More shoulder blocks. Turnbuckle smashes by Avalanche. Only for Sting to go back to the legs. And he tries for a body slam. But the big man is 500 pounds, guys. It doesn't happen. Avalanche then delivers a body slam of his own. Hitting a pair of elbow drops and a butt splash in the corner. Avalanche then body slams the stinger across the top rope, choking him with his boot before using the ropes to do the same. Sting fights back with right hands, kicking the legs some more, sending Avalanche retreating out to the floor. Or maybe he's just trying to catch his breath because he is blown up. Yeah, and Abba, old Abba's like, uh, you know, it was a low shot. It's like, well, I don't know. Who knows? We can't tell what's what over here. Down that low, Avalanche. The big man begins to wear down the stinger with a headlock, which Sting escapes by working the legs some more, only for Avalanche to hit a clothesline to regain control. Power slam for a two count. The big man just starts shoving the stinger around the ring before locking on a bear hug, driving him into the corner, but Sting recovers enough to jump on his back to apply a sleeper, getting him down to a knee only to reach the ropes to break the hold. But he's back up. The Stinger goes for the body slam again, but the avalanche just falls right on top of him for a two count. The big man goes back to choking, hits another power slam, and the world starts to feel the avalanche rumble. He doesn't do it with as much fervor as he used to. He starts to pose, allowing Sting to pop up and hit a clothesline. The Stinger leaps to the top rope, coming off with a single sledge, Another clothesline and multiple drop kicks to send Avalanche into the corner with the ref stuck behind him. <gasps> ref bump. Sting with the stinger splash, dazing the big man and taking out the ref. Sting continues with a body slam, applies the scorpion deathlock, but the ref is still out. So Sullivan comes in to break it up, only for Stinger to meet him with right hands and press slams Kevin into Avalanche, who catches him and uses him as a ramming device to run Sting into the corner. Avalanche drop connects, and all of a sudden, Hogan is running out with a chair to clear the ring, as a second ref, Randy Anderson, comes in to disqualify Avalanche. What did Avalanche do in this match to get disqualified? I have no idea. Hogan's the one with the chair. Also, he's Hulk Hogan. Kevin Sullivan interrupted. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Hogan comes down with a chair. That's a foreign object. He's... Kevin never... Like, usually, if someone comes into the ring, as long as they don't hit the person, it's not a disqualification. Kevin never hit Sting. 
Did you not? I thought he got nope. used to like throwing he, he into had, him. Sting had the, the death lock on. Kevin jumps in the ring. Sting drops it and starts punching Kevin, and then press slams Kevin into Avalanche. So technically, it's like the the Sting technically used used someone a foreign object a foreign object <laughs> on Avalanche <laughs> first. Yeah. I'm just everyone's least like, favorite Kevin. He tossed him on uh, Kevin. You're such a disease. <laughs> Buzz's girlfriend. <laughs> if you haven't figured out what my biggest complaints about this show is, that like there's disqualifications that make absolutely no sense. Yeah, it's not hard to make them make sense. And that uh, all happened with Hogan's friends. I love as soon as this match starts to just like turn into a shit show. Bobby Heenan says it's like New Year's Eve at Okerlund's house. <laughs> He's like, this makes no sense. <laughs> this it's is like yeah. Chris Roberts at uh, yeah, this shit, yeah. pool party. Yeah, this is this is some wild, stupid shit. It's like, oh, it's like, <laughs> like a New Year's Eve party at Okerlund's house. It's good shit. Wow, Bobby, you know, firing on all cylinders as always. We get more Pro Wrestling Illustrated award talk as Jimmy Hart has won Manager of the Year. Jesus Christ on a crutch. What are we doing here? And the brain has this line, that's like Forrest Gump winning the Einstein Award for Intelligence. I can't believe Forrest Gump was already out here in 94. Yep. I thought it was like a 95. We then see a video of Hart getting the award from after. And then we come back to Bobby being nauseous at the table as Tony sends us to a video package for our main event. We see Hogan filming Thunder in Paradise and coming to WCW with Brother Brutai at his side. Gag. We see the attack at the Clash from the Masked Man and Brutus trying to talk sense into him about coming back from the hospital. Gag. Brutai being at Hulk's side during interviews and then saving him when the Masked Man attacks during a TV taping. At Fall Brawl, Brutai is unmasked, and he joins the Three Faces of Fear, followed by locking on the sleeper during their match at Clash 29, until officials can break it up. Yeah. I like that one where you go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had enough. So we go to our seventh match, The Butcher, with Avalanche, versus Hulk Hogan, with Jimmy Hart. For the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. And Michael Buffer's here to say those magic words. And let's get ready to... Watch this match! Let's get ready to drive a pink Cadillac. Music and Pyro starts again. Even though Hogan is in the ring already. Smart. Uh, Getting all their money's worth. They're gonna, they're gonna make forty minutes out of this. Nick Bockwinkle's in the ring, and he forces the other faces of fear to go back to the locker room, but not Jimmy Hart. Because hmm. he's a manager. He's the manager of the year. That's true. He has a manager's license. That's right. He's he might got one special for this. Yeah. Match. Plus, his megaphone got broke. True. I mean, he gave it to Santa though. So. Yeah, yeah. Santa regifted it to a child in need. <laughs> I gotta, before we even get fully into this match, I just have to comment on what the fuck was that thing that Brutus was doing on the way down? Is that like a butcher move? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's almost as good as Kevin Sullivan yelling, (laughs) 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 
Yeah, it's like I mean, oh, like like, but um, we're, fe- yeah, we're fearing. Facial... We're fearing your the three three faces of fear is we're fearing watching you wrestle. Uh, yes. Yeah. Watching your face Her as you're walking minutes. to the ring because yeah. Brutus is horrible with those facial expressions. <laughs> He's like the most unintimidating, worst ever. But we've seen yeah. guys with chops like similar to that. Steamboat's done some stuff similar to that. Yeah, but they like, at least come down with a little power. Yeah, but it, yeah, but they don't his, look bad. His was his hand opened up like he was trying to wave, and then like lightly putting it down in a chopping manner on his other one. But it wasn't even making noise. Well, he was just scared that Hogan might dock his pay if he actually bruised him. <laughs> I've got plenty to bitch about, old butcher. <laughs> So Hulk uses his power early on, shoving off the butcher, hitting overhead chops to gain control for Brutai. A shoulder block sends Butcher out to the floor, where he drags Hogan out to slam his head into a guardrail and multiple vicious back rakes, followed by using a mic cord to choke Hulk. I think Hogan taught him how to back rake. Absolutely. Butcher grabs a chair, but Jimmy Hart steals it away, allowing Hogan to hit an atomic drop. Several eye rakes and slam his head into the guardrail and ring post. Hulk then takes the chair and hits Butcher multiple times while the ref is standing right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is kind of like watching Hulk Hogan wrestle Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Back into the ring, Butcher hits the running high knee. God, is this their answer to Taker versus Taker? <laughs> and starts to choke with his boot and across the ropes. Body slammed by Butcher, and he goes up to the second rope. Coming off with a forearm that the Hulkster moves and starts laying it in with right hands before biting him on the forehead and delivering back rakes. Back scratcher! Yeah, Tony Giovanni says, Never have we seen Hulk Hogan like this. And I'm like, yeah, That's a bold faced <laughs> lie. Every match is the exact <laughs> yeah. same. Maybe, maybe you haven't, Tony, but like. Um, You've seen three of his matches, Tony. You've seen um, this. Yeah. I'm like, That's the craziest shit I've ever heard. Every single Hulk match is like this. More Except clothes. for that one in Japan. Yeah, yeah. That one was good. More clotheslines by Hogan, mounted punches, and more biting before sending Butcher to the ropes, only to telegraph a back body drop, allowing Brutai to take advantage with a throat thrust and more chokes. Butcher locks on a nerve hold, only for Hulk to elbow out, only to run into a double throat thrust and a sleeper, with the arm dropping once. Twice. His arm starts to drop again, so Brutai releases the hold and begins to celebrate. Yeah, you can tell he's never fought for But a the arm never before. falls all the way down, and he begins to wag his finger in the air. Silly. I feel like there was a fight in the stand. Somebody got kicked out. You can see it in the background. The crowd's all looking over there, and uh, you can see somebody escorted out. I wonder if it was one of those like slap bet things where, like, I bet Brutus is going to win. I bet Hogan's going to win. He did a slap bet on it. He thought Brutus won, so he just started. (laughs) Hogan Hogan plays possum, allowing Butcher to make a cover for a near fall. And it's Hulk up time. No way. Butcher's pounding away, but here comes the finger point. Right hands. Times three. Hits a big boot as Avalanche and Sullivan run back out to the ring, where Hogan keeps them at bay before hitting the leg drop. For the pin, and, and the, the win. win. Poor Avalanche was already blown. Up. His his run was like at uh, the start of that run. <laughs> Post match, Hulk is fighting off the faces of fear before grabbing a chair. When Macho Man comes running down to the ring, 
Savage is telling the three faces of fear what to do. He's like giving them advice, being like, "Okay, you got this. You got." Is it gonna be four on one? He even shakes Sullivan's hand. But as they turn to face Hogan, Macho attacks from behind, helping Hogan clear the ring. (sighs) The crowd pops. I cry. After Hulk poses to find out if he should shake Savage's hand, they do so in the middle of the ring with 11 minutes still left on this show. Yep. And they start to pose. American as Tony man. and the Brain recap the aftermath of the match. They say bye, but they Before got the minutes. Mega Powers make their way to the back. We see Hogan walk into the locker room where Mean Gene is there with lots of other wrestlers. And Hulk says that he was still hoping Butcher would have a change of heart. But I did what I had to do out there. And Macho says, sorry I tricked you, faces of fear. (laughs) Vader then comes charging into the room. Hell yeah, something exciting. Reminding everyone that he's the number one contender. And he sees fear in the eyes and the soul of Hogan. And then he asks Nick Bockwinkle, who's running this show? Is it you, or is it Hogan? Hell yeah. And I went, Hogan. Hogan. Yeah, yeah. I was like, did Bobby write this line? (laughs) This is good stuff. Thanks, Leon. Yeah. Hulk decides that it's Vader time right now, and they begin to brawl until Doug Dillinger gets into the way (laughs) to receive one of Vader's stiff shots to the side of the head. And it did not knock him down. Officials get Vader out of the locker room as Hogan hides behind all the other wrestlers. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I really liked old Jerry Sags trying to fend him off with a towel. Yeah, Just yeah. At least, up at, a least, towel. <laughs> at least he wasn't in a towel this time like he was True. last time that there was a brawl in the mm-hmm. locker room. Yeah, yeah. standing there a... trying to look not scared, but then trying to fight Vader. Just holding up a towel. Yeah. Vader grew up a towel in <laughs> Mean Gene then brings Bockwinkle in, and he said, and Nick says, Vader's correct. Maybe this isn't the way he should have gone about it, but he is correct. He's the number one contender. He won the three-way. He won the U.S. belt. We go back to Shivani and Bobby, who say their goodbyes as the credits roll. <sighs> mean Gene says, says there's no room for a man like Vader in WCW. And uh, I couldn't be so upset at Mean Gene for his shillery. Shillery Clinton over here. Yeah. I thought he was, like, he, I, love him. Wow. <laughs> I love him so <laughs> I love him so much in WWF. But over here in WCW, Mean Gene's backbone has turned jelly soft, and it makes me sad. You'd figure he'd have you know, more of a backbone now that he's not working for Vince. Yeah. But apparently... I don't know. I mean, he's more intimidated by Ted. Maybe Ted has more money. He's more intimidated by Hogan. I mean, mm-hmm. Hogan was there. Or, but, and then Bobby Heenan, always better than everybody else, says that Hogan, you're a marked man. And I just don't know if I can stomach Hogan leg dropping Vader. So I ask you, gentlemen, <laughs> what are your overall thoughts of Star K 1994? I really like that one match. Mm-hmm. Like the the I'm okay with the first two matches. I'll, I'll yeah, say I agree. I agree. Vader and I just, I'm okay with. If Vader lost, I would be so mad. Das Wunderkind and Mr. Levesque. Mm-hmm. Loved it. I like that a lot. That uh, was the kind of stuff that I was excited about seeing. Arn and 
Is that who's next? Arn and Bad. Arn and Bad. Which is like a last minute match, so I can understand why it's just okay. Yeah. It's like, it's fine. And then, literally, Kevin Sullivan tainted the rest of the show. And, yeah. It got sullied. (laughs) Hey, do you like chokes? Mm -hmm. Do you like incredibly weak chair shots? Totes. Well, then you'll like this main event. And probably the rest of the show. Because it's not good. Yeah, it's all, it's a uh, Hogan the shit up. Even like, of all the Hogan brothers out here, Hacksaw is the MVP of the Hogan family. Uh, tonight. Yeah. I literally had to remind myself that there were the two job. Starcades that were Battle Bowls so that I didn't say that this was the worst Starcade we've ever watched. I mean, if anything, those Battle Bowls, at least one of them. Is above this shit show because there's probably like one or two matches. Or chip. I don't know. <laughs> where chip stands. Those battle bowls were. <laughs> they were really rough. We did not like them at all. I know. This was not all that. This wasn't really hard to watch. It just stunk on ice. Yeah. Like it was. It wasn't uh, boring, but it was bad. Whereas the last it's show. Kind of boring uh, at Okay. It started off well, and it just kept going downhill. For sure. But and I was still interested to see what they were going to do, and then whenever, whatever they did, I was disappointed by it. But I was interested, morbidly interested, with each turd that was, like, plated in front of me. And I swear at one point, even, I think it was Mean Gene, making fun of what Bobby was wearing. And he was, well, Bobby's was wearing the same shit he always suit. wears, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. The same thing that Mean Gene's wearing? I'm like, they're yeah, wearing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, Bobby may or Bobby may not have like, a bow tie, but like that's yeah, the like, only I difference. Bobby may have had like a B print on his like he often does, where it's you know, in fancy calligraphy. Yeah. Mean Gene is not quite the same Mean Gene over here. Mm-hmm. He's still Mean Gene. He's still good, but he is Team Hogan. Yes. And Bobby the Brain, a WWF man, is not Team Hogan. Mm-hmm. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. Ooh. So, what are some of the best moments of this show? Find me one. The Alex Wright and Levesque match. Yes, agreed. Just because it was fresh, new. I thought Levesque was gonna win, and uh, Alex Wright pulled out that babyface win at the end, and it was nice. Boom. I, I will. I guess I'll throw my hot. Take I, in I will here. agree with you about the Duggan match. I'll, I'll throw my hot take in here. It's not. It's about the Levesque Alex Wright match. Um, Alex Wright was uh, not ready for that stage, and I didn't think the match was that good. It was I liked kind of it. Boring. I liked it a in lot. In my opinion, I think I was, may have just been excited because it was something new. Yeah, that's why I liked it. I mean, it's because it, it's, it's possible, and, and it's cool to see. I mean, don't get Alex Wright gets better because I've seen him. Later in his career, yeah. Oh, when he started off, he he was, but he was he, he wasn't ready for that stage. Like you can tell at one point that um, Levesque like has to kick it into gear because the match is going nowhere, mm-hmm. and that's when and so Levesque was good in yeah. the match, but Alex was not ready for the stage. No, he's very very athletic. But of the matches on the card, that one's gonna be my my best moment because the rest of them were. Recycled I mean, dog shit. Yeah, like Arn and, and Johnny. Arn and, and Bad. And was, Arn and Bad. It, it was thrown together. You're, you're completely right. It was yeah. thrown together the last minute. So it and they're not the best and pairing anyway. the last four matches of the show, I 
couldn't stand any of them. I mean, I really Sting couldn't. and Avalanche is just such WWF crap. I mean, if Avalanche could do could do ten minutes without getting blown up, then Anything? maybe. Yeah. But he couldn't. Yeah, four years ago, he he was more agile. Like I would be happy to watch the Monday Night Raw from however many weeks ago that the Smoking Guns were the main event. And it was against a, a jobbing two team. minute match. Yeah, I would watch that main event forty times in a row than watch either of these last four because it was just shit on top of shit. And that like, sucks I love when Harlem I have to Heat. Throw Sting in there and I love Harlem shit. Heat. And that Harlem Heat Nasty Boys match was trash. Uh-huh. It was not great. The Nasty Boys don't only work half the time with only ha- with like they work with Cactus Jack. But they're not a classic Jim Crockett WCW early WCW tag team, or like they're not a Jim Crockett tag team. They are a they are a like ECW tag team minus the violence. Best moment though is Vader walking into that locker room because that made me go, okay, we're getting this. We're finally gonna. We all know how it's gonna end, but we're gonna finally get it. Yeah. I mean, we love Vader. What Vader's kind of the only thing we have right now, outside of like Arn and stuff. But like, as far as like top of the card, it's like what do we have? Sting, we all know, never does anything. We like him, but nobody loves Sting. No, he has to miss shows because he's got a scratch on his eye or something. And they just just won't put the belt on him. And like, but Vader rules all the time. You always get Vader when like when Vader shows up. You know he's going to pummel somebody in the face with hard fists, and he might do a moonsault. And that's all I'm asking for. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of delved into most disappointing, but is there anything else that you want to throw out there? He just stinks it. We have a Starcade without Ric Flair, and instead of... He's tired, man. Yeah, and even without Ric Flair, it's Hogan and the Butcher... Headland a Starcade. I mean, we know Starcade doesn't I mean, really we, have a we, name. We mentioned it, I think, the last WCW show. Like, literally, if they could have just held this off for like two more weeks, Macho Man could have been the Masked Man, mm-hmm. and that would have made so much more sense. Mm-hmm. It would have been good. But when you have it was like a, a short guy with a mustache, way. a skinny guy that looks like he's about 112 pounds, a short skinny guy come out, and then you reveal him as Brutus. It just doesn't make any sense. I mean. It's not supposed to make any sense because it's a Hogan storyline. So, yeah. I mean, the storyline itself makes sense because Brother Brutai is tired of being in a shadow. Yeah. But then you realize that it's Brother Brutai. Get and better. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're you're asking a guy who's never been anywhere near the main event scene. Uh, the only time he's been a man, in a main event was as Hogan's tag team partner against Savage. Macho Man and Zeus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How about best performer of the night? Bobby. Bobby did have some great lines. Bobby Bobby was on fire. Bobby had my feelings throughout the entire show, starting from when he grabbed that magazine and ripped the cover off of it with Hogan's picture. I mean, I was going to go Hacksaw just because he put his working boots on, but I I think I agree with you. (laughs) We're not Hacksaw fans, but got to give it up to the guy for trying. Yeah, also, Bobby's a four-time manager of the year now. He's the manager of all time. He's the record holder. He's Bobby the Brain Heenan. How about most surprising? Were you guys ready for Macho Man to show up? I guess Triple H. I didn't realize he was I there. I didn't so Macho much Man yet. and Triple H. I mean, yeah, probably Triple H. Paul Levesque. 
probably the bigger surprise. Like, I'd say I knew Majman was coming. Honky Tonk, but that's no surprise. Him getting fired for not wanting to work. Vader being in the first match made my jaw drop. But whatever, they used him later tonight. And he's the number one contender. And he won. He didn't lose. That somebody seriously thought, yeah, Brutus in the main event. That'll sell tickets. Well, they didn't. There was only 8,200. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, as Hulk Hogan sold all 8,200 8, of those tickets. <laughs> Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time. Bum, bum. So once again, this week we're playing Survivor. I'm a survivor. I watched this show and I'm still alive. Jesus, That's really not the words. Like <laughs> and I still survive. So once again, I'm going to give you a category. Cat. The two of you will go back and forth naming those until one of you drops out. Once again, if you name... The same one as the other person at any point. You are done. The one left over gets 20 points. 20 points. The category this week is wrestlers. Wrestlers. <laughs> oh my god. Shit. Right. We could go a while, boys. Jesus. So, last week we started with Michael. So this week we will start with Shane. So give us your first <gasps> wrestler, Shane O. My first wrestler will be Tito Santana. Oh, nice. <laughs> Tito Santana is correct. <laughs> oh, my God. We can't do this. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to go full strike force with uh, Rick Martel. Correct. I see you, Rick Martel. <laughs> and I raise you a junkyard dog. Oh, you got to say junkyard dog. J-A-D, Sylvester Ritter. Correct. Name dropping. <laughs> If he fucked up, if I didn't know his name. <laughs> he didn't know Ricky Steamboat's name. <laughs> I know, it's Youngblood. It's such a good name. <laughs> well, okay, I mean, I guess that's an answer, but I'll let you keep it. I won't cheat. Um, <laughs> um, bad News Brown. Correct. Well, since I've already said it, I'll just say it again and say Ricky Steamboat. Correct. <laughs> Zeus. Correct. Every time I see that name, I think of Polly Shore, Zeus from... Jury duty, I think is what it was. Anywho, mm. fuck it, we've already seen him tonight. Brutus Beefcake. Correct. This is technically the same man, but Honky Tonk Man. Correct. <laughs> Shawn Michaels. Well, I'm Correct. a rocker, so Marty Jannetty. Correct. Axe. Correct. Smash. Correct. Who also played Repo Man in Khrushchev. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Mr. Perfect is correct. Road Warrior Hawk. Correct. I see your hawk and raise you an animal. Correct. Jerry Sags. <laughs> correct. I'll just nasty size the list and throw on old Brian Knobs. Correct. It's just so funny. I can't help it. No, just the fact that we're naming wrestlers on oh. <laughs> a wrestling podcast is really funny, Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> What's funnier is that his name is just now being mentioned. You know, you started with Tito Santana. Yeah. I couldn't just be like, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say that name yet either. 
Mike, well, I'll say IRS then, since it was his most, or his last gimmick. I would have given you Mike Rotunda. Yeah. Or... Figure I'd make it easier on you, right. if I can. I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate it. Or Michael Wall Street. Yes. Uh, Scott Steiner. I didn't mean to say, because he's not my favorite Steiner. <laughs> Scott Steiner's correct. Rick Steiner. Rick Steiner. Or... The Z-Man, Tom Zink. Ah. Correct. His uh, partner in crime, one Mr. Flying Brian Pillman. Correct. Or Yellow Dog. <laughs> I <Well>. forgot about <laughs> Yellow Dog. The Great Muda, Keiji Muda. Correct. Stunning Steve Austin. Correct. Cactus Jack. Correct. Rick Rude. Correct. Also would have taken WCW Phantom. <laughs> it's hard to remember who said, who people, what people said. That's where I'm scared. Because you said Rick That's Rude. Why you're supposed to write I'm down. writing them down, but it's still just like hard because I wrote them pretty small. I'm looking back. But you said Rick Rude, so I was like, oh, Rick Flair. And I was like, well, somebody already said Rick Flair, right? But we did not. <laughs> Rick Flair is correct. Because uh, we said Rick Martell. We said Ricky Steamboat. Okay. I mean, hell, I'll even say Ricky Morton just to get him out oh, there. Oh, nice. <laughs> so there's a few more Rickys still to go. Also known as Richard Morton. <laughs> True. Probably the last one that's on there, too, isn't it? Of what? Oh, that was his... Well, I guess he went back to Ricky. Yeah. After Richard. Yeah, we made, he was kind of broke up for a little bit. Robert Gibson. Correct. Michael P.S. Hayes. Mm. Correct. Jumping Jimmy Garvin. Correct. Mr. Harley Race. Correct. Nikita Koloff. Correct. Nikolai Volkov. Correct. Magnum TA. Nice. Good pull. Good pull. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, we think what's funny is we've done some. None of these guys are obscure by any means. In the history of wrestling, we haven't really pulled anybody that's like wildly obscure. Like. I think you've probably pulled the two most obscure ones in Great Mood and Magnum TA. <laughs> well, I was going to say, like, they're, Tom, not, like, they're not. Yeah, I was going to say all. maybe, like, Tom Zink is probably yeah, pretty, Zink, probably yeah, pretty sure. forgettable. But, like. But. But I love Tom he's Zink. He's got an action figure. I love Tom Zink. I'm a huge fan. It's been documented on this show. <laughs> we'll go with one Dusty Rhodes. Correct. Dustin Rhodes. Correct. Akeem, or One Man Gang. I don't know how you got him in there. Correct. <laughs> um, King Kong Bundy. Correct. Jake the Snake. Correct. Bret Hart. Correct. Try to get some of these big boys out of the way. <laughs> Anvil, Jim, Neidhart. Correct. British Bulldog. Correct. Ray Rougeau. Or Raymond, perhaps, or Raymond Rougeau. Oh, what's his other thing that he did? Uh, Brian Blair. Why would I leave a hole like that? (laughs) Why would I? Why would I say that so early? Why did I do that? That's a good. That's a good one. You're reaching for that obscurity again. (laughs) You said Raymond Rougeau, and I was like, oh, well, you know, Brian Blair. It's like, but I could have saved that for when we both (laughs) hate ourselves. You want to be a little bit more specific on Brian Blair? I mean, he should. Brian B. 
Blair of the of the Killer Bees? B. B. Brian Blair. Oh, B. Brian Blair. Oh, you're kidding. I'm just kidding. Sure. Okay, I was yeah. like, yeah. I was like, really? My dad, sorry, I wrote it down. It was B. Brian Blair already. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do I have this? I don't know how this is Brian Blair. And I was like, oh, wait, it's B. Brian Blair. <laughs> I think it counts. Warlord. Warlord, for those who could not understand me. Hercules. He was Super Invader. Super right? Invader, mm. yeah. Also Assassin too. That's right. Well, fuck it, we'll just finish out Power and Glory and say old Paul Roma. Hell yeah. Paul Warndorf. Jim Powers. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Correct. Dynamite Kid. Yes. I believe he's only on like one show we watched. No, he's more than that. Okay, yeah, he's been on a couple. I don't we believe we said him yet. Oh, Mr. Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Right. Correct. One Coco Beware. Hey, Coco. One Blue Blazer, aka Owen Hart. Correct. Jerry Lawler. Correct. Carrie Von Eric. Or Texas Tornado, however you have him down. I'm going to let you guys know that the Jerry Lawler one is a. That's a, actually a good pool because he only had the one match. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know that it was. In the time frame that we're covering. I know it was only one in the time. I knew that it was a small amount in the time frame, but. <laughs> that's why I was trying to remember what belt he had last time because I remember he had one match. So we're going to 92, right? Yep. Mm hmm. It's so hard. We have like I've got like a hundred names in front of me, and I'm just like, "Fuck! What did I? What did I say already?" And now it's more of a mind trick than it is, like coming up with a wrestler. Mm-hmm. It's just like double guessing, or yeah, it's very silly. Uh, Big Bubba Rogers, also known as the Boss Man or Guardian Angel, and War Machine. Mm, okay. Because I have another one in my head, and I'm like, did I say that yet? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Jumping Jim Brunzel. Fucking nice. Correct. Jimmy Snooker. Correct. Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. Correct. Now I'm like, did anybody already say, oh, we should have started with the big guys. Because now I'm like, <laughs> where's the fun in that? Because I know whether it got said or not. It's not as easy as it seems, is it? No, I mean, we've gone pretty far pretty easily. But I'm like... Or is it? I have it all over written down, but it's, I wrote it very tiny. It's a lot of fucking names. Um, it's only 342 of them. <laughs> Shoot me in the face. 49. My yeah. 349. Well, nobody said Hulk Hogan yet. No, didn't want to. I'm getting it out of the way. So I don't have to think about whether or not somebody said it yet. Correct. It hasn't been said yet either. The Ultimate Warrior. Oh, uh, yeah. Correct. Uh, Lex Luger. Correct. He has not been said yet either, so we'll just say Sting. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Correct. Oh, here's a good one. Oz. Ooh. Also known as... Vinny Vegas and Steel. Ooh. Bad Street. What? Oh, there was a guy just named Bad Street. <laughs> Who was that? 
Brian Ar- or Brad Armstrong. Brad Armstrong. So I can't yeah. say Brad Armstrong. Can't say Brad Armstrong or Arachnoman. Yeah. I'm just gonna write Bad- Brad Armstrong because I almost said Brad Armstrong earlier, <laughs> but I did not remember that he was Brad Street. And he also like Fantasia or something like that. Or was that somebody That's else? That's true. I think he was that too. <laughs> um, Doctor Death, Steve Williams. Gross. Going for all the people I hate. I'm only going for the people you like. Correct. <laughs> See? No, man. <laughs> We've named so many people. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Ooh, oh, Hammer. Correct. Uh, Terry Gordy. Correct. Red Rooster, Terry Taylor. Correct. Dangerous Danny Spivey. There you go. <laughs> the Brooklyn Brawler. Steve Lombardo, or whatever his name is. That is incorrect. Brooklyn Brawler was never officially in a match. He ran in, but he was never officially in the match. I thought him and Taylor had a match. Nope, it was Heenan and Taylor. Brawler ran into the match. (laughs) There we have it. Uh, That's what I was so afraid of. Why it's not as easy as it sounds. You know, guys, you want to know something funny? Did you have one in your head where you're like, this is the guy that I'm going to hold off on saying until I don't know what to do? No. I had one in my head where I was like, we only watched a couple of matches with him. And so I my my like ace in the pocket, unless you said it, was Jimmy Valiant. <laughs> I thought of that one yeah, I'm sure you thought of it. And it wasn't a very good pull. Yeah. It's just the one where I'm like, well, no one's going to say this for a long time. No, so I was like, going through... Actually, no, I had uh, S.D. Jones. Oh, I was trying to think of S.D. Jones for a long time, and I was like, who is this guy? I can see him, but I can't remember the name. <laughs> but, wow, I think we did a really good job. But no, And you were like 4,000 more to go. I'm not going to name all the ones that you didn't get. <laughs> no, absolutely not. But yeah, Jimmy Valiant, I wrote it in the corner because I thought of it early on, and I was like, so it's I not a it was, good poll. I swear it was Brawler and... Rooster, and then if Rooster won, he got some time with Bobby. So, yeah. Interesting developments in the trivia. Next week, Making Their Way to the Ring, Volume 1. We're putting them all together. All those trivia questions that you've heard. Oh. Throughout. Oh, shit. All in one episode. And we're going to have a bonus question. The announcement of the winner and the punishment will all be included in that episode as well. It's going to be funny. It's going to be a lot of me losing and a couple of uh, squeakers at the end. (laughs) Music from this week's show is Gravel Sandwich by First Call Music. Basically means that it's a uh, library. Yeah, yeah. It just uh, music mm-hmm, just and Hogan won our main event, so we play American Made by Jimmy Hart. American Made, <laughs> still, still not the uh, American Made. Nope, still, still not that tune either. Okay. <laughs> if you like this episode or any of our other ones, go out there, rate, review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at can always hit us up on our email if you have any questions, comments, concerns, some recipes. Recipes. We're, we're not going anywhere next week, but we always take recipes. We're going. I know we're going to hit some Japan, some Philly, some Philly, 
some more Philly. <laughs> I think some Californias That's over it. the next couple months. So send those in. Shane always appreciates all of those. I do. Uh, as long as you're not like, you know, being like, oh, this is um, a popular food in Austria. Like, chances are we're, we're gonna go there. I, I don't think I don't try it. Don't if it's Japan or in the 50 or 48 states, <laughs> chances are we'll go there. And Canada. And Canada. And yes, I'm gonna go there sometimes too. Maybe even London at some point. London. But you can do that at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. Jimmy Valley. We'll talk to you next week. Fucking brawler. (laughs) Laters.